Okay. Small crowd. We can learn with a small crowd too. Okay. Rav Shabbos. Good. I hope everyone's enjoying. All right. Very good. Um, so I got a couple of questions recently relating to uh, integrity, honesty, and uh, I think I mentioned last week when it comes to integrity, honesty, those kinds of things, I think it's important for Poskim to be more machmir than they normally would be about other things. Um, you know, I think Rav Shefter told us once that, no, Rav Willig told me once, that Rav Maisha said to him that the only area of halacha that a posek should be should Dafka look for a kula? Should always look for a kula. Zilchus nida, and um, I think one could say in our day and age, the area of halacha where a person should Dafka look for a chumra is maybe in issues of honesty and integrity. Right. Nevertheless, these two shaylas, I think uh, you'll see, are a little bit different. Uh, one of them, someone, uh, my talmidim in eleventh grade in DRS, uh, noticed they they took a, they were taking they're taking an AP course. I don't remember what which uh, which which AP course, but it's a you know supposed to be an intense course so in order to help study they want they went online and they you know googled uh, AP whatever and the first thing that came up is the Barron's website and it had you know a sample test so they started studied the sample test then they went and they took their first test of the year and it was the same test it was exactly the same test they found on the website okay it was a coincidence they got really lucky so then uh, the second test they went to the same website, figured, take that sample test, maybe good. And they, went, and they went to take the test, and it was the same test, the same sample test from the, uh, from the Baron's website. And then, what? So, <laughs> then they, uh, they, they, on the third test, there are three tests plus a final. The third test, once again, same thing. So for the final, there's a final also on the website. So for the final, they just remembered A, D, B, C, D, whatever. They didn't even, they, they knew it was, uh, it was, it was not going to be anything different. And uh, they asked, are, are, are you allowed to use, are you allowed to use that information going into the, going into the test? Is that permissible to use the Barron's website knowing that the teacher is getting the test from there? That was their, their question. It was very nice that they asked the question. Right, so then, okay. <laughs> what? Why should there be any discussion? Okay, good. So we'll talk. We'll talk why there should be any discussion. The second, the second question, I had a, um, a Talmud of mine told me that he's asking this for a friend. A Talmud who happens to go to Queens College told me that his, uh, that his friend is in Queens College also. And coincidentally, and uh, and his friend uh, is is of dating age. He's I don't know twenty two, twenty three, whatever whatever age he is, he's going to date. And um, he noticed that there was a uh, young lady who just came back from seminary in one of his classes, and he uh, seems he, he he thinks she's uh, she has very beautiful midos, and uh, she seems to be uh, very she seems to be an appropriate shidduch for him. So he's not going to, you know, go over and introduce himself or anything like that, but he, he wants to impress her so that when he gets someone else to go over to her and mention his name, she'll be like, oh, that guy, I'm impressed with that guy. So normally before class, he gets to class five minutes early usually because the teacher's very mocked about attendance. So he gets to class five minutes early and he plays Angry Birds on his phone normally. But now that this young lady's back from seminary and she's there, so he decided he'll bring one of these guys, you know, Chumash, Shnayim Mikra, and he'd sit there for five minutes learning Shnayim Mikra, and that way she'll see, and she'll be so impressed what a masmidi is that he takes advantage 
of every minute to learn Torah, and that way she'll be she'll remember when someone suggests him for a shilch, she'll say, ah, that guy, the big masvid. So he wanted to know. Then it, then it occurred to him, is that deceptive that I'm going to be pretending to be such a masvid when I'm not such a masvid? Am I am I allowed to learn? Am I allowed to do that? So these are the uh, the two questions. I didn't think the shilas were such great <laughs> great shilas, but I thought the topics of the shilas are good are good topics. Meaning the issue of what you're allowed to use Torah for, and the issue of meaning learning Torah for ulterior motives, and the issue of Gnevis Das, dishonesty, cheating in general, and what are the limits of that in uh, in terms of in terms of dishonesty, and who are you being Gnevis Das from when you when you cheat? So um, it was, it was, I was talking to my to my eleventh grade Talmidim, and I said. And then we were, I was playing devil's advocate, so whatever they, they said to this, this second Shiloh with the fellow who was going to learn before class, so whatever they said, I was taking the other side. So someone said, it's for sure, Mati, there's no, there's no problem. I said, what do you mean? The girl's going to wake up, she'll be married to him for three years, and she's going to say, what's with this guy? He doesn't go to Minion, he never learns. I get, I, he was such a masterman before, and she's not going to know. So he said, now by the time they're married for three years, she'll have been back from seminary for a while, she won't care anymore. <laughs> so uh, it's an un, un, unduly cynical response but a clever one nonetheless um, so the, 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 the question is uh, what are you allowed to use Torah for what are you not allowed to use Torah for what's considered a, a, a type of Talmud Torah that would be considered inappropriate so you're probably aware of the Gemara Mesachas Pesachim and Dafnudam Beis where the Gemara tells us Amr Rabbi Dom Rav Lolim Yasukadam Torah Mitzvah Afal Bishalolishma Shemitok Shalolishma Balishma that a person should learn Torah Mitzvah should do Torah learn Torah do Mitzvah even if it's Shalolishma because ultimately come the Shema now Baliatosos throughout Shas raised the problem that that's not the only Gemara that talks about learning Shalolishma there are three other Gemaras that seem to relate to either Torah or Mitzvah Shalol Shema, and they're not consistent in terms of the way they relate to Torah Mitzvah Shalol Shema. The Gemara Mesechus Tainus and Dav Zayin tells us that if a person learns Torah it becomes like a poison to him the Gemara tells us that if you learn Torah it's a Samachayim it's, it's an elixir of life, it's wonderful but you learn Torah it's poisonous so it sounds like Samachayim is something you want to stay away from it's not something that uh, you know, could go either way or that's positive in some way it sounds like it's terrible the Gemara Mesechus Nazir and Dav Chav Gimel Aleph tells us how do you understand this idea of Tzadikim Yelchubam, that the Dark Hashem are all Yashar, but Tzadikim Yelchubam, the Tzadikim will go in the ways of Hashem. Poshim Yikashlubam and the Poshim are going to stumble in the ways of Hashem. So we give a mashal, two people roast the carbon Pesach. One eats it the shame mitzvah, the other one eats it because he really likes shawarma. That's what Karim Pesach was. It was lamb, and it was roasted, and it was uh, in a lafa. Right? You had it with the matzah and the mara together, so the matzah was a lafa. They didn't know from these cracker matzahs. They had, they had soft matzahs the way they were meant to be, and they had uh, with, a, with a little bit of lettuce because that's what mara is supposed to be, and they, they had a nice, nice lafa, so the person was eating it. So zeh shachul shum mitzvah tzadikim yelchubam. So shachul shum achilagasa uposhim yikashlubam. The guy who eats the shem mitzvah, wonderful tzadik. The guy who eats the shum achilagasa. 
Poshim Yikashlubam is a Poshaya. So says Gemara, really Poshaya? Hi, Russia, Karisale. You need to look up Mitzvah in a Mufchar, Pesach, Miyaka Avid. Reish Lakish disagrees. He says, how could you call him a Russia? He's doing the Mitzvah. He may have ulterior motives. He may not be doing the Mitzvah in a Mufchar. There's a beautiful Beis Halevi that uh, goes into detail on that Gemara in terms of Tzvei Dinim in Achilas Karben uh, Pesach. That most uh, times, just the quick lemons, most times when you have a Mitzvah Sachilas Karben, uh, the mitzvah is not really on the achilas hakarbon, it's that the carbon that should get eaten, the Beis HaLevi writes. And, uh, but Karm Pesach is tzvedinim, there's a din it shouldn't become nosar, you shouldn't leave it over to the point where it's going to become nosar. Plus there's another din of a mitzvah sachila, that you have to actually eat it. Well, the Maynav Kamina between the two dinim, or Mitzvah Sachila, what if you split it between a thousand people? And everyone gets a tiny bit. It's like when I ask my daughter if she's having a snack, do you want to share that with me? Yes, and she'll take like the tiniest little piece, like microscopic, here, that's for you. So we give everyone the tiniest little piece. No one's eating a kazais, so, but it's getting eaten. The whole thing is being consumed, it's not becoming nosar. But a Mitzvah Sachila, that you don't have. You only have that with a kazais. So by Karben Pesach, you have, uh, you, have, you have both mitzvahs. So that's what, maybe Achilagasa, that's what the Beis HaLevi writes. That when a person eats L'Shem Achilagasa, it's not called Achila. Because that's the Gemara in Yuma. The Gemara in Yuma tells us that if you eat an Achilagasa on Yom HaKippurim, you're not Chayv. For Achilagasa on Yom Kippur. You could eat on Yom Kippur and not be Chayv Kares. As long as it's Achilagasa. How do you manage an Achilagasa on Yom Kippur? Right when Yom Kippur starts. Right after you just finished a big suda, it's always the most challenging time. Right when Yom Kippur starts, you're very heavy. Big suda, you, you eat more then. That's an achilagasi. You'd be potter. So because it's not called an achila, but it would be sheyehi nechal. So that's what the Reish Lakish is saying. You call him Russia. He didn't do the mitzvah in a because he didn't fulfill tzvedinim in Karm Pesach. But Pesach miyakavim, but he still did one thing. But nevertheless, what you see from that Gemara, at least according to Reish Lakish, is that a mitzvah shalolishma is a mitzvah. That a mitzvah shalolishma may not be the best mitzvah, but it's still a mitzvah. And then, of course, the other example of mitzvah shalolishma is the Gemara Pesachim Dav Chesam Adalav talks about Homer Selazulit Staka. There's a few places in Shas. Bishvil Sheyichia Bini. A guy says, "I'm going to give tzedakah because I want my child to live to have refor shleima from whatever illness he has." Oh, Sheayeh Ben Almaba Hareze. Tzadik Amur. Someone who gives tzedakah with such motives is a tzadik Amur. So that makes it sound like the Shalol Lishma is a very positive thing. So all of these Gemaras, you have floating around Shas, and the Baliatosos wonder, what's the story with learning Shalol Lishma? Is learning Shalol Lishma, and this guy is very decidedly learning Shalol Lishma. He's learning in the classroom, not because he wants to learn, not because he has the, uh, the motivation to learn, but he's motivated by the girl. He wants, to, he wants to get the girl, so he's learning in order to be able to uh, get this girl to want to go out with him. So is that considered the good type of Shlolishma? The Mitok Shlolishma Balishma kind of Shlolishma? Or is that the Sam Hamaves kind of Shlolishma? So to be Miyashev that issue of the stira, you have Tosim in a few different places in Shas say different things. Tosim in Psachm and Avnun asked the Kasha that uh, the Gemara says that someone who learns Shalom Lishma, Gemara and Brach, of course, the fifth Gemara actually, Gemara and Brach says someone who learns Shalom Lishma is Noach Lo Shalom Nivra. It sounds like a very harsh language. Better off never having been, never having been born. The Gemara has that discussion in general. Are we all better off never having been born? Gemara Neville Desara, right? That talks about what? That, yeah, so is it Noach Lo Shalom Nivra, Noach Lo Shalom Nivra? So what's the Gemara's Maskana? Shalom Nivra, right. It's a little surprising. 
unless you're tzaddik. If you're a tzaddik, then it's not chaloshaniv, the Gemara says. But if you're uh, if you're if you're a regular person, not a tzaddik, then it's not chaloshaloniv. Are you born a tzaddik? So, uh, so Shabbos uh, Shalom right? So I asked. Uh, we once asked Rav Shachter years ago. I was uh, I was uh, they used to have Shabbatons between Shalvim, Karim, Yavne, and Gush. We'd all get together three times. All in the same, you know, we'd get together once in Gush, once in Shalom, once in Karim Yavne for Shabbos. I think it got far too competitive. They stopped doing it. Too many, too many fist fights. So, uh, so they, they, I'm just joking, there were no fist fights, just, uh, whatever. So, so the, 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 Rav Shachta, yes, I remember Rav Shachta was at, was at Shalvim once, and I was in Shalvim for Shabbos, even though I was not a Shalvim Talmud. This wasn't on one of those Shabbatons, totally unrelated. It was the week before one of those Shabbatons. He wouldn't have been on one of them. But anyway, so he was, uh, he was in... Sh- Nowadays, they would make sure to send him in that Shabbat. But okay, whatever. So they, they, this, this, he, he, he was giving Shirin Kibbutz Aim, I think it was. And we asked him... Uh, and, and he mentioned this Gemara. And he said, Part of Kibbutz Aim is Hakar Satov. So he, and he mentioned this Gemara, but Noach Lo Nivra. So he said, yeah, Noach Lo Shalom Nivra is if you're not a tzaddik, but you're all B'nai Yeshiva, so you're all tzaddikim, so it's Noach Lo Nivra. So he had a very broad definition of a tzaddik, that every Ben Yeshiva is a tzaddik. I think he understood tzaddik means someone who's doing Torah mitzvahs, he's living a life of Torah mitzvahs, so then it's Noach Lo Shanivra. But anyway, so the Gemara in Brachos has this expression that someone who learns Torah Shalom is Noach Lo Shalom Nivra. So sounds like it's not a good thing to learn Shalol Shema. Better not to be here than to learn Shalol Shema. So Tosis writes, V'omri da'hasa mari kigon shalomed k'day lehisyaher u'lekantar u'lekapeach eschaver v'balacha ve'eino lomed al-menas lasos. Now Tosis does a tricky thing over here. You have to read every word carefully because he, 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 he talks about two different types of learning as if they're the only types of learning meaning two types of Shalom He says, one type of Shalom the bad type of Shalom is Lehisyaher. And what's Lehisyaher? Lehisyaher is your, uh, to be, to, to take credit, to get covered, to maybe impress a girl. I don't know. That's what it sounds like, you are, uh. And then, Ulekantar Ulekapeach and also to be combative and to be able to, to, to know how to answer everybody that's going to, you know, your firm friend is going to tell you, uh, you know, say this bracha, and you say, no, you don't know anything, I mean, give them ten reasons why you don't have to say bracha or something, and you'll be able to use your Torah learning to be able to, Ulekapeach Hashavar of Baalacha, and the Eino Lomeir Almanas Lasos. But you're not being Lomeir Almanas Lasos. Because that would be, if it was Lomir Almanas Lasos, that would be Lishma. So what does that mean? Is every time Lishyar also necessarily not Almanas Lasos? Sometimes you're learning for the Kavod. There are a lot of people that are motivated by Kavod. They, they learn because everyone knows, oh, that's the biggest Masman in the Yeshiva. He's always, so he's learning and he's learning because he, he wants the Kavod. But he plans on keeping what he's learning also. He plans, he plans on uh, Almanas Lasos as well. So it's a little bit tricky in Tosos. So uh, he says, "Avol hacha mari dumya de yidelal yeshaf of v'niska david kuli shabbat of l'malish shabbata shein miskavin l'shum ra'a elamitoch atzlus afiluachi gadolat shemayim chasto." But someone who is just uh, who's just lazy and he needs the motivation of shalol l'shma, so that's fine. That's uh, that's the good kind of shalol l'shma. So the bad kind of shalol l'shma is you want to do something negative with the Torah and and or. Or, not sure, that you, you have no plans of lasos, but the good kind of shalosh is stam, you lazy. So you need the motivation of being in a packed room where people are going to look and people are going to see that, you, that you're learning. 
Now, by the second half of Tosos, it already sounds like the guy who's learning because he needs the motivation of wanting to impress people, right? He just needs a little extra motivation. But he plans on using his learning and he's, a, he's basically a Ben Torah and he's a good guy. He just says he hates so hard to play Angry Birds instead of being Mavir Sedra. Is that even a popular game anymore? I don't know. I just know people are talking about it for a while. So if he say that, that's his Yetzir Hara, to play that game instead of being Mavir Sedra. So that's his thing. So now, this is what gives him, this is what lights a fire under him, and this is what, what causes him to be better. Tulsus and Psachim gives a little bit different. Tulsus earlier in Psachim. Psachim Tav Chesam Beis. Where it talks about uh, giving tzedakah. Almanas the sheikh yabini. So Tosus writes, "I, you're not supposed to be over as Rav Almanas the Sham. You're not supposed to be Shamish as Rav Almanas the Kabbal Pras." The Mishnah Pirkei Avos says. So he says, "Hainu b'chayy gavna shim lo tava lo osa hatova shumitzape." Specifically, in talking about tzedakah, he says, that's if, if what you're looking for to happen didn't happen, you would regret the good that you did. As opposed to, But if you're not tohah mischaret, then you're inside the kamer. If you wouldn't regret the good that you did, then you'd be inside the kamer. Now, the context of there is tzedakah, but one might argue that the same would apply to Torah Shalol That if you learn Torah Shalol because you're trying to accomplish something with this Torah. I'm learning Torah because I want uh, everyone to call me Rabbi. I want people to stand when they walk in a room. I want, when I walk in a room, I want people, I want my uh, wife to think I'm an Adam Chashuv. I want whatever. That's why I'm learning Torah. I'm learning Torah for all these. Uh, and it turns out, no one thinks I'm a Tamil Chacham. No one stands when I walk in a room. My wife thinks I'm a lowlife. But I learned all this Torah. So the, w- what's my attitude going to be then? Am I going to regret having learned the Torah? Ah, it wasn't worth it. The guy doesn't get the girl. Was he going to think, ah, oh, all those angry birds I could have, what do you do, you kill them? I don't know. You know all, those, all those angry birds I could have, uh, whatever. And now I, Nebuchadnezzar, Rashi instead, what a waste. So if a person's going to say like that, so then maybe it's, uh, it's not a good thing. But if a person's going to feel that he gained something out of learning the Torah and he's not going to regret having done the positive thing, so then, uh, then it's a good thing. So those are the basic approaches of Tosas. Now it's interesting, the Rambam in Hilchas Talmud Torah and in Hilchas Shuva quotes this Gemara and leaves out one critical word. The Egle Tal made a big deal about this Rambam in his Hakdama. One of the most uh, famous Hakdamas to Svarim. It's good to learn Hakdamas to Svarim, by the way, in general. You learn Hakdama to a Sefer, it tells you a lot of things. It tells you why the author thinks the Sefer is important. It tells you a lot about the author. It tells you very often how to learn the Sefer. A lot of times you don't know what he's trying to do. You don't know what the point is, what he's, trying, what he's intending to accomplish. It's very kedai. It usually doesn't take that long, except for the really long ones. You know, if you read the Akhtama to the Nitziv and his commentary to the Shiltos, you could learn that for a year. But most, uh, most Akhtamas are pretty short. They're pretty, Maishas Akhtama, very important. But very, so so in, uh, the Dagli the, uh, made a big deal about the Rambam's comment. The Rambam, both in the, in the tenth paragraph of Cheshuvah and the third paragraph of Cheshuvah Torah, he says, It doesn't say mitzvah, it only says Torah. But apparently only Torah Shalashma, so there's Machlokas, had to understand that Rambam. Uh, Rav Moshe said, Rambam must have a different girsa, but had he said, maybe his girsa was B'Torah Uvemidos, not B'Torah Mitzvos, B'Torah Bemidos, Rav Moshe writes in the Tshuva, which is an interesting Chiddush also. Why would be Torah and Midos? What's what Dafka is why would the Gemara sing about Midos? But the, the, the Shulchan Aruch HaRav writes that, no, it's, it, the Ram agrees, of course, that it's Torah Umitzos. The Chiddush is Torah. 
first of all, that you might think that Torah accomplishes nothing when you do it shalol shema because you're not learning almanas lasos. No, so we still say that do it shalol shema because it's still it's still worthwhile. That Gleital says that this all relates to mitzvahs kavana. That in general, mitzvahs shrichas kavana the Rabban paskins and therefore shalol shema is considered like eno miskavin l'shem mitzvah. And therefore, you wouldn't be able to say it would be worthless. But Torah, everyone holds mitzvah saying shrichas kavana for Talmud Torah. Talmud Torah doesn't need kavana. Segle Tal makes a very big uh, deal about how a lot of people think that if they enjoy their learning, they're doing something wrong. Like they feel like they, they feel guilty. It's not really L'Shem Shemayim, I'm doing it because I enjoy it. He says, no, Torah is supposed to be enjoyed. You're supposed to love it. You're supposed to enjoy it. You're supposed to be Nana from your Talmud Torah. That's not called Torah Shalom That's a very high level of Talmud Torah. So that Lital talks about that, that Ramam as well. But I think in this case, it's a double Pasha that this would be, I told the guy, I'm a big Mekel. I'm a very big Mekel. I allow Talmud Torah. I think you're, you're allowed to learn. I don't think there's, there's a problem with learning before, before the girl comes in terms of of the Talmud Torah element. What about the Gnevistas element? The girl is going to say yes to the date because she thinks he's a masmid. And before every other class of the day, he's playing Angry Birds and it's only this class that he's, uh, that he's taking out a chumash just to impress the girl. So it is a violation of Gnevistas. So Gnevistas, we could talk on a, um, on a broader level because there are a lot of applications of Gnevistas that sometimes people just naturally assume it's got to be mutter, that there's got to be no problem with it. And uh, I just had a shayla today. Someone who buys uh, tickets. We should save this for a different week. But whatever. Someone who buys tickets um, online and sells them. He just... Uh, a Rebbe. Someone who's in Chinuch. And he just likes to buy and sell because it's an easy way to make quick money. Like uh, by the Super Bowl. He was buying parking tickets all over Arizona. All over the, near the stadium. So he'd buy them for $50 or whatever and sell them on StubHub for $100. And the, the same people who are going on sub could have gone to any other website just like he is and bought them. But people just like go straight to StubHub. They go straight to the secondary market. So he's able to make a quick few hundred bucks selling these things. So he bought season tickets for the Portland Trailblazers a couple of weeks ago. Okay. Um, and uh, they then sent him an email. Uh, We're refunding your money. But you live outside of the perimeter of where you're allowed to buy season tickets from the Portland Trailblazers. I guess there are rules because they... They want to either avoid the secondary markets or avoid some comp- competing team's fans from buying up all their tickets and taking away their home court advantage. I don't know. But they have, they have uh, some, sort of, some sort of rules like this. So, what? Can't it to the game. Well, maybe he has a private jet and he's going to come to the game. To... So they say, no, you're not, we, we, don't, we, don't, uh, we don't sell season tickets to someone who lives that far away. Fine. So they don't sell season tickets to him. But, don't sell season tickets, but if you are a season ticket holder, if you are on their list of season ticket holders, you could buy face value tickets to certain elite games. So he bought a game, a Friday night, uh, Portland Trailblazers versus Oklahoma City Thunder. I think that's a big deal in that part of the world. So, uh, and they had him on the list as a, as a season ticket holder. So they sold him the ticket for $42. And he turned around, he bought 10 of them, and he sold them all for 100 bucks a piece. Talking five minutes made six hundred dollars. So he asked me, "Was that okay?" He, he did it already. Then he asked, "Is it okay to do?" So what's the issue? They, why are they giving him forty-two dollars seats? Because they think he's a season ticket holder. Because he snuck in there as a season ticket holder, but then he got the refund. But I guess that the computer didn't catch up on that one yet, and they, he's on he's on that list. 
So now everyone's going to go buy port. So, so is that? So there are lots of applications of uh, of, of Gnevis Das. Over there, he's not actively uh, being Gonev Das. He just ordered tickets. He went online and ordered tickets and paid for them. So a lot of applications. It's important to just get a a, a broad view of the sugya. So maybe we'll try to do that for for a little bit now. The, uh, so in Gnevis Das in particular, there isn't. Um, there. In, in many mitzvahs ben Adam l'chavero, there is a difference between a Jew and a guy. Usually in, a, in mitzvahs haseh ben Adam l'chavero, there's a difference between a Jew and a guy. In the mitzvahs lo saseh ben Adam l'chavero, it depends. Um, you know, some yes, some no. There's an iser, there's no iser of na'ah of the guy, for example. But there's an iser of Kenevis das, there's definitely an iser to steal, Kenevis mamon. I, I, I should have said it the other way around. There's an iser to steal, and there's definitely an Isra of Gnevis Das. The Gemara says in, in Masechah School, because that's what it says explicitly, the Gemara says, it's also Ligna of Das Abrios, Afilu Das Akum. You're not even allowed to be Konev Das Akum. So the, the, the Rishonim and Achronim have a difficult time understanding why does Gnevis Das apply to a guy. Now that, that's in, in uh, contrast to Tos Akum. If a guy makes a mistake, gives you too much change, so there's no, there's no requirement it's a Kiddush Hashem to do it, but there's no halachic requirement to, uh, to let him know about the mistake that he made. But that's where he's the one that's acting. When you're Gonev Das, you're actively being Gonev Das, and it's also Ligon of Das Akum as well. You know, be, so a lot of times when kids will, will do something dishonest, they say, oh, it's teachers ago. So first of all, it's totally irrelevant in terms of Gonev Das, in terms of, from a halachic point of view. And second of all, they don't even realize who they're being Gonev Das from. It's not just the teacher. Meaning when, you're, when you're, your grades are earned dishonestly, so you're being going to be from your future employers, from the administration of the school, from uh, your parents who are paying tuition, from, you're being going to be everybody. To think that you're such a hard worker and you put in the time and you did what, it's okay, it's going to be everything. But let, let's take a step back. There are, the Gemara in Pesachim, Davkofi Gimel Beis, tells us that there are Shalosh HaKadosh Baruch There are three people that HaKadosh Baruch Hu hates. And on the list of three people, it's pretty strong Lashon, Three people are called to someone who's insincere. Someone who's echad bepeh, the echad belave. And the Gemara in Chulun, that Sadidal, tells us of horrible, tragic consequences. Chulun so, Sadidal is the main slogan of Gnevis Das. Horrible, tragic consequences of, uh, of Gnevis Das. The, the uh, Chazal seem to consider it on a certain level more severe than stealing money. Uh, the Akronim try to explain that maybe it's similar. I saw in an Akron, I had a Sefer I have at home, I forgot what it's called, MS Kana or something like that, where he says that it's similar to uh, the difference in Geneva and Gezela, right? Even if you assume that Gezela, Milchas Chinuch writes, that even if you assume Gezela from a non-Jew is only Yasser and Geneva from a non-Jew may still be Yasser Midaraisa. There's a chilip between Geneva and Gezela. Why? Because we often think of mitzvahs in two categories. There are mitzvahs minan l'makom, mitzvahs minan l'chavero. But in reality, there are three categories. There's mitzvahs minan l'makom, mitzvahs minan l'chavero, mitzvahs minan l'atzmo. I think we may have discussed it in one of the, the shiurim. Right? That if a person goes into a room all alone and smashes things and yells and screams and kicks and whatever... That's not okay. That's a mitzvah A person should be refined and should control himself and should, should be, even if it's not affecting anybody, it's not hurting anybody, it's not having any impact on, uh, on anybody. As Rav Asher Weiss points out, in several of his svarim, he writes that 
There are two Gemaras in Shas that talk about being Domet HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Zekeli Van Veyu, have a, the Gemara learns several things from Zekeli Van Veyu. So says we learn Hidr Mitzvah from Zekeli Van Veyu, but one of the things we learn is have a You should be similar to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. So what does it say? And how, how should you be similar to HaKadosh Baruch Hu? Mahu Rachu, Mafata Rachu, Mahu Chanun, Afata Chanun. But then there's another Gemara, the Gemara tells us that you should be Misdabek Bishchina. So how is one Misdabek Bishchina? Mahu Mivakar Cholim, now, the, so, so why, why two different psukim, two different drushes, two different gemaras? They seem to be saying the same thing. Be like Hakadosh Baruch Hu. So Rashi explains very beautifully, and I think it's it's MS, it's mamish MS, that one gemara is highlighting what you do, the other gemara is highlighting what you are. And those are different things. You could be malbasharumim, mevaker cholim, give tzedakah. That's what you do, and that's important. That's ben adam lechavero. But that's not necessarily what you are. You can give a check to tzedakah and feel zero rachmanus for the ani whatsoever. And then you're doing a wonderful mitzvah, ben adam lechavero. But ben adam laatzmo, there's something still still wanting. The gemara mahu rachum, mahu chanun, that gemara is all about ben adam laatzmo. I may not be able to afford to give the honey anything. I may not be able to help him at all. But I'll cry with him. I'll feel sad for him. That's that's something that's been adam la'atzmo. That's uh, that, that's just uh, about a person being a good person. So we have these different categories of mitzvah. So if a person steals discreetly, he's showing a tremendous lack of yerushimayim by fearing other people more than he fears a kodesh baruch hu. Whereas that's not only a violation. That's been that he hasn't worked on his own year that he hasn't worked on his own sense of, uh, of, of uh, bringing HaKadosh Baruch Hu into his life. Now the Torah may consider uh, on a Daraisa level, it may consider the Nechasim of a guy to be Hefker and not subject to Gezela, but on a, and only Aser Midrabanim for Gezela, but it would still be subject to Geneva, because maybe that's not a violation against the guy, it's a violation against yourself, because it reflects something Ben Adam La'atzma. So uh, so even that's why maybe Geneva, even if it's less than a Shavah Pruta, uh, it's, uh, it's, it would be Aser, whereas Gezela is only more than a Shavah so similarly, Katayna, that Kinevis Das may be worse than actual stealing for that reason. Because Kinevis Das reflects not just Stam, you have a Taiva, and therefore you do something to hurt someone else, to take someone else's money. It reflects a, uh, a, lack, a fundamental lack of honesty in the person himself. And that's inexcusable. That's something that, uh, that's, that's fundamentally bad in the person's uh, personality. That's one of the explanations the Akronim give why Gnevis Das may be worse than Gnevis Mamun. It's also a discussion where it comes from. You can say it's Asr. So where's the Asr? What is it? Where's the say in the Torah? You're not allowed to be Gnevis Das. So there's a, a lot of... Um, the example the Gemara gives. The Gemara gives several examples. Chulun Daf Saidalit. It's Kedai to learn. Saidalit Amnalif. The Gemara gives an example where Shmuel asked his Shamish to pay a ferry driver. He took a ferry somewhere. He said, pay the ferry driver. So the Shamish said, uh, okay, I got a chicken over here. So he gave a chicken to the ferry driver. I guess he used to be able to pay in chickens. So he gave a chicken to the ferry driver. It happened to have been a tray for chicken. But he said, look, I got a chicken, you know, blessed by the rabbi and whatever. So the guy thought the ferry driver wasn't a Jew, and he, he's a lot of trade, thought he was, you were giving him a kosher chicken. So he thought you were giving up something that you could have used. And that's Kenevis Das. Shmuel got upset at Hashemesh. Don't make him believe you're giving up something that you could have used and that it's a chashva thing to you if you're giving up something that's trafe that you had no use for anyway. 
That's Kinevisa. What difference does it make to him? The might not have committed to him because he thinks that you uh, that you gave something up for him. That's also not appropriate. That to, to make a person think to be echad bepev echad bleiv to make a person think that you're a close friend of his or that you went out of your way for him when you didn't creates a certain trust in the relationship that's really unfounded. Meaning, if you would say something to to your friends or you would uh, if you're facing a certain challenge, let's say you're applying for a job and you're you, you need advice on the interview and you want to you speak to a friend about the interview and you don't know that that friend doesn't really like you that much and he just pretends to like you and maybe his brother's applying for the same job or maybe is you know so it's going to create a certain trust that you wouldn't reveal things to him that will leave you vulnerable if you knew how he really felt about you so it's not healthy to be echad bepeh ve'echad the Gemara gives other examples you invite someone to your house knowing that he won't be able to make it so you just figure you owe this person an invitation there are people that like to keep score that uh, he invited me this number of times, so I have to invite them back X number of times. So you, you owe him an invitation, but you really don't want to have him over to your house. So you wait till you overhear him say that he's, vo- he's, uh, he's going to somewhere else, he has a simcha or something, and then you invite him that week. Gemara says, that's us, it's also Gnevis Das. Gemara says, if you bring a barrel of wine as a gift and you put some oil at the, at the mouth of the barrel, it gives the impression that you bring oil, which is more expensive than wine, so you shouldn't make what you're giving look more expensive than it really is. Also a violation of, uh, of Geneva's Das. But what is it? What is the nature of the Isser? So the Rambam in Hilchus Mechir, Perich Yulchas, is where he talks about Geneva's Das. That's in Hilchus Onna'ah. So it sounds like the Rambam holds that it's a violation of, of Onna'ah. The problem with the Rambam is that the Gemara is explicit. You're not allowed to be going to of a guy. Onna'ah doesn't apply to a guy. So it's unclear why Geneva's das would if it's a din and onna. The ritva in Chulun Tafsaydel said it's Geneva. It's just another form of Geneva. You to, to be Gonev Daito. The, uh, the, the, the Rabbeinu Yonah in Shari Tshuva says, no, nah, it's not Geneva, it's not Onna, it's Mitvar Shekatirchak. And I'll let a lie. And it's a fundamental untruth to be Gonev Das. That's the, uh, the issue. Now, what if you don't say anything? So Tosos writes in Chulun Daf Sadi Dalid that the Yisrael Gnev Stas applies even if you don't say a single word. Even if you just uh, give an impression without saying anything. You give a certain impression of something without saying a single word. The Rambam has an interesting Lashon. The Rambam says something like, Afilu Dovar Echad, Afilu Mila Acha, something like that. Even a single word of Gnev Stas is Asir. So some of you say, well, so there has to be words? And if there are no words, then it wouldn't be us. So Pasha says, Ram doesn't mean that. He's saying, Afilu. He's saying, even if it's a very minimal amount, it's still going to be an issue of uh, Gnevastas. The Gemara says that if it's, if it's, a, a, it's, if it's to show kavod, if it's a normal thing that people do as a way of showing kavod, then you're allowed to, then, then you're allowed to be Gnevastas. Meaning, you're allowed to offer things that you're not really offering if that's what people normally do. Ah, okay, wedding invitations, people know you, that, they know, that if it's understood, sometimes it's not understood that, that you don't really want that, meaning... Right, is that for covered? Maybe that would fit, maybe that would fit. Right, right, maybe that would fit. Right, somebody you know it's not coming yet, maybe that would fit, something like that. What it says, like if it's customary to, uh, to offer someone uh, wine or something when he comes, you know, and, and, the, and the customary thing is he always turns it down. I don't, I don't know what the, the parallel would be nowadays, maybe the wedding invitations. Right? It's just customary that that's what you offer, and, the, and customarily he turns it down. 
So you show that sense of covenant. I mean, that's just etiquette. That's not uh, covenant. Now, there's a lot of discussion. Post can point out that if if the guy is goniv das atzmo, then that's not a violation of goniv das. I mean, if the person is a fool and you didn't really do anything to be goniv das, they, the Gemara says Rav and Rav Safra were going to a town and they saw Marzutra, and Marzutra, when he saw them, assumed they came to greet him, and he said, "What?" Thank you so much for coming all the way out to, uh, to greet me. Rav Safra said, oh no, we really had no idea you were coming. Uh, it was just a coincidence. We were just taking a walk and we, uh, we ran into you. So, uh, but he said, you know, had we known you were coming, you know, you're very hush. We really, we probably would have come to greet you. So Rav said to Rav Safra, why did you have to tell him that? It says he, that, that, that leaves him deflated. Why would you say something that's going to make him feel? So Rav Safra explained, he was he thought about Kanevis Das. Rav said, what do you mean? That's not Kanevis Das. He's drawing his own conclusions. You're not doing anything wrong. You're taking a walk. He's, he decided that you took a walk to greet him. That's his own, his own mishigas. You go visit someone in a hospital. So, uh, I was just in a hospital today visiting someone. So you go visit someone in a hospital. Let's say you're checking uh, the, the rooms, you know, to find where the chala that you're visiting is. And you see that there's someone else you happen to know on the same floor as that guy. So you drive all the way to Cornell. I went to Cornell, to not, not the university, not that far, to, to you know, New York and Manhattan, to the medical center. And uh, you go in the, and you see. So there's someone else that you're mildly acquainted with who happens to be there. Ah, I'm there anyway. Might as well go into the room and say hello. So is, is, uh, if, if, if the person says, Ah, you came all this way just to see me? So I don't know. Maybe you don't have to tell him that you didn't. You may want to head it off to say, I noticed you were here when I went to visit my friend. I wanted to stop in and say hello. You know, could, it won't be awkward. It won't be, won't be uncomfortable. Certainly, if, you're, if you, your wife just had a baby and you're, you have the thing on your wrist, that, uh, you know, when you're in scrubs and it says, uh, you know, when you're carrying balloons, it says muzzle or whatever, and you, and you walk into his room and he says, I can't believe you came all this way to see me and you, you must have found the balloons on sale or something. You, know, you got muzzled up. You know, then he's going to satsmo. You don't have to correct every time someone, uh, someone makes a mistake like that. It could end up making him feel more deflated than he would be. But someone was just telling me something. Someone in business was just telling me in real estate that it's meisim b'chol yom in real estate. And I hope this isn't true, but I'm, I'm told that it's meisim b'chol yom in real estate that when you are selling a property to somebody, you tell them, oh, you, can, you better act quick because there's another buyer that's, uh, that's very interested in the, in the property. And you say that whether there is or is not another buyer, because that's the way you make it. That's, that's blatant Knevistas. It's nothing to talk about. That's uh, Postkim say explicitly to, that's to that's lie and true. make... You might not know who he is. That's Knevistas. Yeah. If they may not be able to tell you who he is. If that's what everyone does, then what... Right, I guess, meaning I, if, if you're talking to someone who doesn't know that that's what everyone does, but it's still inappropriate. It's just, uh, you know, why would you say it? Meaning, the, why do people still say it if that's what everyone does? It must be because people know that people still buy it. People are still, are still, uh, are still believing it. Um, also, changing appearance of things. The, the, uh, the Shari Tshuva writes in Tafresh uh, Memhei Osvav that if you're a Lulav, if you're a Mocha Lulav, you shouldn't paint them green to make them look fresher. Right? Makes, makes sense. You shouldn't paint them green to make them look fresher. But that's changing the appearance is a violation of Gnevis Das. Sefer Hasidim says that it's Gnevis Das for a person who's already uh, turned gray, he's already a little older, to dye his hair black, to make himself look younger. Let's say he's a man, he's a 50-year-old single man, 
and he likes dating 25-year-old women, but they don't want to go out with a guy that looks like he's 50. So he decides he's going to dye his hair and he's going to try to make himself look younger. So Sefer Chassidim says, Knevis Das. It's also possible to discuss whether that's other Yisurim also dying here, whether it's Begadisha, things like that, um, but uh, it's, it's a violation to change the appearance. So that maybe thinking back to this guy, he's making himself look like a Masmid, he's making himself look like a Bentara, and he's not as much of a masmid as uh, he's making himself look like. So is that a violation of changing the appearance? So I thought not so. I thought he does learn sometimes. He goes to yeshiva, he goes to Ashir. I'm sure he's Maver Sedra at some point. So he's choosing to learn now. I don't think that's, uh, that, that, that would be a violation of Nevistas. But I want to get to the exam case. What about this teacher uh, that gave the exams, all the exams from the internet? So Ramesha has a famous truth about cheating on exams, where Ramesha was asked that... Uh, that that in parentheses regions that you uh, that that he heard that there are some yeshivas that that uh, that allow the students to steal the answers to the regents in advance of the regents. It was, in the, it was in the newspaper. I remember one year, it was on the front page of the New York, New York Post with the Daily News or something. So yeshiva students, it was the biggest Hashem in the world. Yeshiva students had stolen the regents and they had, they had actually, they actually canceled the regents that year of a certain subject because it was printed on the front page of uh, the New York Post. I have a cousin who was that year, was taking the regents that year and his mother woke him up and said, here, quick. And she gave him the newspaper like she was giving him some contraband, like he was the only one that read the newspaper. He's like, Ma, I think, you know, <laughs> if it's in the newspaper, I don't think it's going to be that helpful. But, uh, but, but the, the so Ramesh was asked, is there, is there any, uh, is there any hetero to do this? So every posek who has a chuva about this says the same thing. Kind of shaila. How, how, how's this? You, you know, you write shaila in Shuvah storm when people have real shailas. You're asking if you're allowed to cheat. That's ridiculous. What kind of shaila? So they're all shocked that anyone would even ask such a such a shaila. So Ramesh says it's gnevis das vaday. That's for sure. It's also gnevis mamon. You're going to get a job. Someone's going to hire you because you have good grades, and they're going to think you're qualified, and you're not qualified, and someone else isn't going to get that job. Then Ramesh says, "You know what else is going to happen?" Because you're a Ben Yeshiva, say you're going to be working in an office one day, and uh, the boss is going to notice that something went missing, and he's got two employees. He's got you, the Ben Yeshiva, and another employee. And he's going to accuse you. He's going to know the Ben Yeshiva can never do anything wrong, so he's going to, uh, he would never steal. So he's going to accuse the other employee, and he's going to fire him wrongfully because of you, because you got that job. Now, why is he assuming you're going to steal? Because he's assuming if you're a dishonest person, that's what you're going to end up doing. You're going to be the guilty party, and the other guy is going to get fired. Because look at you. You wear a yarmulke. You wear tzitzis. You're, uh, you're a bentar. You no, an employer couldn't... What's he supposed to go on? He has grades. He has SAT grades. He has your GPA. He has to research every class you took and figure out whether you cheated in that class. And that's, that's a little much to ask from him. And Ramesh says, and he says, I know all the excuses. Someone's going to say, well, I'm qualified anyway. I deserve this job. I could do this job. So it's not tricking the employer. So Ramesh says, is it reasonable for an employer to look at grades, to figure out what your work ethic is, to figure out what your intelligence... It's a reasonable thing, it's a way to judge someone. So it's not for you to say that I'm qualified. I believe the employer is, 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 is allowed to say who's qualified and who's not qualified. And very often the grades will, will, will tell them something about the person's work ethic and your work ethic is lousy if you're, uh, if you're a cheater. 
And he says, people say Bittal Torah, he says, that's ridiculous. He says, that's, not, that's laziness, that's not piety, it's not, not Bittal Torah. He says, you don't want to study secular subjects, don't study secular subjects. But if you're going to study secular subjects, and you're going to cheat, and you're going to take shortcuts, you're going to end up taking shortcuts in your learning also. But then Ramesh concludes the truth, and he says, but don't worry, all of this is irrelevant, because this never could have happened. Because everyone knows that any yeshiva that ever existed would never stand for such a thing. And everything we stand for is the exact opposite of this. So Mestama, it's a bunch of anti-Semites that are spreading false rumors about Yeshiva Bachrim and saying that Yeshiva Bachrim cheat. But it's impossible. He says, I can't be Makabal that such a thing ever happens. And hopefully the anti-Semites will stop saying such, such terrible things about us. But it should be pointed out that, uh, that Rabbi... And Ravazner also. Ravazner has a Shubin Shem and Levi Chalik Yud. He was also asked about this, about <laughs> the, the height of chutzpah. Parents were complaining in a girls' school in Tel Aviv, that the, the, the administration doesn't let the girls cheat. They were complaining. How are they supposed to do well if they don't, uh, <laughs> if they don't cheat? So Vazner says, because it's Knevis Das, it's Midrash HaGetirchak, it's training a person to become deceitful, and uh, again, you're going to be hired for a job that you're not, you're not a competent candidate for, etc. Rabbi Bleich, in Contemporary Alachi Problems, points out a very important Nakuda, though. He writes, teachers are employed to serve as proctors during examinations. A teacher who's not vigilant, meaning many of you are in between. You're going to, you may be on the other side of this, uh, you know, of the desk at, uh, at some point. A teacher who's not vigilant to see, to, to walk. How does a teacher want? The teacher wants to sit and learn. It's a bit tired for me to proctor an exam. So the rabbi wants to sit and learn while the students are taking the exam. That's not appropriate either, because he's being paid to do a job. He's being paid to be a shomer. And if he's not doing a proper shmirah, so that's not, it's not, not okay. But not only that, teachers are paid to write exams and to write questions on exams. And, to do, and students are permitted to use, to use things like barons to study for exams. That's, uh, that's, a, that's a very normal thing to study for an exam with. So I thought in this case, normally, like I told you, when it comes to honesty cases, very, very machmir, uh, very cautious. But in this case, I thought it was completely the t- on the teacher. The teacher should be disciplined in some way for that. That's, uh, the teacher's not doing the job. The job is to make, sure that you, to, to make sure that you're doing a proper job, that you're not just copying and pasting someone else's, someone else's stuff and making it so easy for the students that the first thing you Google, and that's going to be the first thing that shows up, I thought that was... Uh, and to use the same one, not much the same one every single time, I thought that was terrible for the teacher to do that. I don't think the students have any... Now, the students may be robbing themselves of an education, and they may want to talk it over with their parents first about whether, whether uh, you know, the parents who are paying tuition for them to get an education are okay with them not studying, and instead of studying, just remembering A, B, D, D, B, whatever, and knowing the, uh, the answers that way, most of the parents, whatever, whatever the parents would say, but that's, but it's, it's on the teacher, I think, in that, in that situation. Okay, that's it for this week. Have a good Shabbos, everybody.